Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at BuildBook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs, schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the BuildBook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year, where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it. So go ahead and hit pause and text build book to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else. So I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 107 with Dave Miles of Miles Brand. And as you may guess by his company name, we're going to talk about branding today. And I really enjoy this conversation because the answers to some of his questions probably will surprise you, but hopefully in a good way. And we bring up some topics that that go a little bit deep, but they're really, really critical as you think about your company your brand and the future and what you're trying to accomplish with your company. So I really think you'll get a lot out of this episode. And again, kind of the, the action items and takeaways from this are, are really strong and, and good pieces to work on. So enjoy this episode with Dave Miles of Miles Brand here on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey, Dave, glad to have you on the show today. Spencer, thank you for having me. I am really excited to talk about my passion, and our industry. So looking forward to this for a long time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, likewise. And, um, you know, before we dive into to your passion, I guess, I'm always curious how, how people got involved in the industry or, or come to be connected with the construction space. So what's kind of what's your story? Yeah, that uh, kind of is related to my passion because uh, I, I'm kind of a creative guy at heart, but uh, I went to Colorado State University on an art scholarship many years ago. And when I went there, I didn't even know what an art scholarship meant. It turns out that CSU had one of the top six graphic design schools in the country at the time. And I didn't even know what graphic design was, but I fell in love with it. As a result of being one of the top programs in the country, students were uh, recruited from all over the, the country for different firms. And I was recruited by Hallmark. Hallmark Cards in Kansas City. So I went there right after graduation as a book designer. And while that was a great experience for me, I learned kind of the fundamentals of design, 
there and at the same time started to win awards for creativity. And I thought uh, that I would come back to Denver after a couple of years and start my own graphic design studio. I always kind of had a, a dream for doing this and being my own entrepreneur. And so I did that. And that was a big mistake. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I was young. I had no training in business. I had no training in really in how to operate and run uh, an enterprise or how to go about getting business. I was totally intimidated by anything accounting or financial. I really didn't even know how to do good creative. And so it literally took me about 15 years of figuring it out on my own, reading every book I could read until I could finally start to hire people who knew these things. And so today, I am a huge proponent for coaching in every area of life because it took me so long to realize I could have got help if I didn't feel like I was supposed to know all the answers and I didn't know any of them. And yet I was intimidated and I had this inferiority that people would discover me in some way. And uh, even as I started to be able to hire people, it took me a long time to realize, no, it's okay to learn from them. And that people only have a small set of unique abilities that make them uh, where they bring the most value. So it's been a lifelong learning experience. Over that time, as I was uh, developing from a graphic design studio into an agency, I had to figure out, okay, what makes my agency different than anyone else? And there wasn't anything. That really started to happen once I discovered the new home industry in the early 90s. And based on everything I had learned from other people that I'd been able to hire, we started to do some work within this industry that was uncommon. It was different. It started to win awards at the Nationals Awards. And we've continued to build on that reputation since that time. And uh, that's where we really started to build our identity within the new home industry. And uh, in 1998, we changed our name to Miles Brand. We created our first branding process for this industry. And we've been doing that ever since. Very cool. Very cool. And so let's dive into brand. You know, this is a, a fun topic. And I think a lot of people, they think of brand, you know, they go, oh, you know, Coke does branding and Nike does branding. And, you know, you, you generally think about these big companies that do commercials and all that kind of stuff, or at least that's the way I first thought about brand when I kind of started studying it. And so for a local company, you know, they're a local remodeling company, local home builder, you know, maybe doing a few million in sales. How important is brand to that company? It's exactly how I think most people think of it, Spencer, just like you're describing it, especially if you're a, a small business person and you have to wear a lot of hats. I relate to that from my previous history that I mentioned where I had a passion as an entrepreneur to, to be my own boss and I had no idea what I was doing. It took so long to learn that. And so if you're a small business person, it's challenging to be an expert at everything, right? So... Like, let's say you're a custom home builder. Well, you might be design-driven. You might be financially-driven person. But, you know, how do you build a brand? And why would you even consider it? What's the importance there? And so I think most people think of branding in terms of, you know, Coke and Pepsi and McDonald's. And so how does that possibly relate to me? 
I think branding really offers us some fundamental opportunities to survive and thrive no matter what economic environment that we find ourselves in. And, and as you know, right now, all of our perceptions about how things are supposed to work continue to get rattled and shaken. And the pandemic that we're living through is really just the latest cataclysmic change in our lives that uh, is producing tremendous uncertainty. And, and that leads to fear. And so as a society, first of all, we're all looking for, you know, where can we go? Who can we trust from a leadership standpoint? We're in an election year. It's a big controversial deal. It's about the future of our country. Well, now you drill that all the way down to, okay, I have a, a small business. I'm doing a couple of hundred thousand a year to maybe 50 million a year. And so what's going to help me survive over time? So it's really not about your logo or your brand in the essence, in the way that we think of Coca Pepsi. It begins with some very important fundamental questions. First of all, what is the purpose of your company? And if you're the owner, you're the entrepreneur, then you have to take an even deeper step and say, what is my purpose? Why am I on this earth? Why did I start this company? What is the purpose? What is my purpose? Why would people want to work for me? Why would people hire us to do work for them? And most people who start businesses don't start there. They start with just because they want to own a business and they have a skill set or they work for somebody else, they see an opportunity because they have an entrepreneurial mind. But most of us don't start with the fundamentals of branding to help guide the company from day one. So it usually occurs later on when you've uh, experienced some success or you're hitting what I would call a ceiling of complexity where you can only get so far and you can't figure out, okay, my reality is today that I see here, but I see these opportunities and there's this gap. How am I going to get there? Because I'm, I'm losing employees. I'm losing clients. Not everything is working as well as it should. I know it. It could be better. How do I do that? So I recommend that people take several steps back and begin with, okay, what Simon Sinek would say, what is your why, right? Sure. That's become a cliche. I like purpose better. So starting, first of all, what's my purpose, right? And what is the purpose of this business? Because from there, you can then say, okay, what's going to guide this business? And that, that's where core values come in. And I mention core values now because of the environment that we find ourselves in with so much uncertainty, those core values, if you take the time to really examine your core values as a leader, as an owner of a company, and how those translate into your company, then you have the ability to build your company around these core values. You can go and you can recruit people and you can interview them to see if their values are in alignment with yours. And then you can also communicate the purpose of the business and you can use the core values to drive the behaviors you want internally with the business. And that helps people that would consider working for you uh, decide if they're in alignment and they want to be a part of that, right? So as you continue to build on that and, and it gets more solid and more and better understood internally, then you can start to go to the public and say, okay, here's what we do. And more importantly, here's how we do it different. So you've got your purpose and you've got your, your what 
what you do. You're a home builder or you're a, you're a remodeler. But then how you do that is where those core values come in because those, those are the differentiating values that say, here's, here's how we do it differently than other people. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time here at our company working through core values. And, you know, over the years, uh, you know, I don't know that I connected the dots at the time, but, you know, you, you start to recognize those things. It really helps in the hiring process. It helps attract the type of clients that you want to work with because when you're living the core values and they're not just on paper, then you start to, that starts to bleed out through your marketing efforts and, and stuff that's making it out to your, your clientele and on your website and on social media. And so they can start to get a, a flavor for who you are and what you do. I like the whole purpose concept too, because well, one, I think initially business owners typically do start with a purpose, but it's probably more, I guess it's not a global purpose. Probably it's very introspective. It's I want to start a business because I want to be in business for myself or I really like the craft of building. And so I'm going to get into that business. So what are some maybe pointers for going down that, that path? Cause I know I've, I've worked on that myself and it's, it's a beast to work through to try to figure out what your purpose is and then how that connects to your company purpose and how much overlap is there there and that sort of thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it gets pretty deep, really. It um, does, because, pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> entrepreneurs, I believe, are wired for opportunity, recognizing opportunity. And they're motivated by taking advantage of those opportunities. And so most entrepreneurs are not terribly detail-driven. They are more visionary, if you will, right? And so for them to slow down and say, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute now, um, what do I stand for is hard for them because it's so much more fun to just focus on the future and see these opportunities and build around that. But where it gets deep is really uh, examining who you are as an individual. And I think we're wired by nature, if you will, God, whatever your, whatever your perspective is, that, you know, we're, as children, we act as children. As young adults, we start to mature. And then around the age of 40, that's a natural time that we look back on our life. A midlife crisis, I used to scoff at until I went through it. And I had to look back and go, wait a minute, I thought I knew so much. I don't know anything. Where am I going? You know, and what do I believe? You know, I've espoused certain things, but, you know, spending the time to really examine who you are and how you want to live, what you want to be known for is important for anyone. As an entrepreneur, a business owner, then taking that concept into your business becomes even more important because it forces you to slow down and it gives you metrics for measurement to see if you're fulfilling on that, on those values or not. And those can change over time as well. I think most people value things differently every 20 years anyway, and that's just a maturation process. But as leaders in our businesses, we owe it to the people that work for us to be very, very intentional about communicating these things and making sure we're creating a culture that brings meaning, not just a job, but meaning to the people that, that work with us. This whole situation that we're in has changed the value of culture forever. We're now in what I would call a touchless society. 
Most of us are in front of a screen, isolated from our fellow employees, isolated from the member of our family. Grandparents can't be with their grandchildren. We can't be with our friends for a, go to dinner and have a cocktail or whatever we like to do there. And so culture becomes even more importantly, and it's, it's not a path that many of us have been down before to know how to lead using core values and branding and culture in this time of uncertainty. So I really think these fundamentals are worth revisiting for anyone at this time. Yeah, yeah, I think well said, and and certainly during this time, you know, a little bit more timely, and and potentially you have some time to to spend on this right now. I want to shift gears and talk to you a little bit about differentiation because I look at a lot of builder sites, remodeler sites on a pretty much a weekly basis, and you can almost script it out before you click on the link. You know, you'll see something like we offer a high quality service. You know, we've family business. We've been around for. 20 years as if that, you know, matters to the the client. Like they, they want to know you can do the job and you're credible. And so maybe that adds a little something, but almost to a T, you know, swap out the number of years and you pretty much, you know, you see that all over the place. So how do you think about differentiation and, and developing that within your, your company? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It is very hard because that's not, what people do. Their, their unique abilities as owners and entrepreneurs are not in positioning and branding. Again, it's in other things. They may be great at design or execution or, or building, whatever it is, right? But then they have to figure out, well, how do I communicate this to the marketplace, right? And so, again, if you go back to those fundamentals of how we do things differently based on our core values, now you start to get to can we distill everything we do into what I would call a brand promise? Three or four words that say how to think about us as a brand. So if you think about, again, a big brand example, target, expect more, pay less, right? Well, let's take uh, Joe Smith, who's a remodeler, and uh, he's doing $500,000 and he wants to go to $2 million, right? Well, he may not ever be able to get his elevator speech into four words that make a promise that are different, but he or she definitely do need to think about what do we do differently? Why do we do it better? And how do we use language that our competition isn't using to differentiate who we are? And one of the ways to do that, I learned from one of my coaches, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. He's one of the first people to invent the coaching industry many years ago. He focuses on helping entrepreneurs regain control of their life, essentially, because we're crazed individuals and it can get out of control. But one of the things he said is, is that every business is the same as their competition if they're doing the same things. So what you have to do is take a look at your process. What are the steps that you go through to get business and to complete business, to create a positive experience, right? And then what you do is you, you brand those steps so that you own these terms for your business, even though it's the same process your competition does. If you can change the terminology each step of the way, now you're starting to differentiate your business 
and helping people think about you differently. And most of us need help to do that because we don't think about that naturally. So just as you would hire a great CPA or a great legal counsel or great HR advice, depending upon what your vision is for growth for your company, at some point you may want to hire a marketing consultant to help you differentiate as you go to market. But the differentiation is not just an external exercise. I think it's more important for a small business internally because it's those people, without telling them what your tagline is or your brand promise or anything else, if they know what kind of a customer experience you want to create, then your reputation will build itself based on a superior customer experience. So even if the language on your website is generic in terms of saying the same thing that your competition says, you can build your reputation in the marketplace based on the reputation you create on the experiences that you provide. Does that make sense? If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BillBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, it does. And I think jumping back to to the piece around branding the process, I, I like that a lot because if you think about it, you know, everybody is kind of doing the same thing. You know, you think about a, you know, a builder remodeler, you know, hey, we do kitchen remodeling or something like that. It's like, well, from A to Z, you you're pretty much you're transforming the kitchen, you know, and uh, but yeah. within those steps, you might do some things a little bit differently. Or what I found, you may not do them differently at all. But if you, to your point, brand the steps in the process, now it drives your competitors nuts because they're like, well, we do that too, but you came out and said it first. Is that, That's is right. that kind of the where we're going with this? Or Yeah, very much so. But the, in reality, I think we all do do, even though we're in like whatever business we're in uh, and our competition goes through the same steps, we all do do it differently. Sure. Right. And, and ultimately, it's the customer that is control, and in control today. You, you may not even know that they're rating you in, in a bad way while you're working, while they're working on your business or while you're working on their home or whatever it may be, right? So it's uh, important to think through, okay, at the end of the day, what kind of a reference or referral do I want from this customer? And I would call that the core emotional benefit of working with a business or a service. Most businesses don't think of it that way 
because so many business people are more logical than they are emotional in their thinking process. And yet people make decisions emotionally far more than they do logically. And so as they work with businesses, we're all solving problems for our customers. And if you've been in business for three years, the problems you're seeing are going to be the same problems for almost every customer. There's going to be four or five things that different customers want from you, right? So then if you can backtrack from there and say, all right, now that I know that I have three types of customers and this one wants terrific service and a call back every day at the end of the day, this one was, doesn't want to be bothered. They just want to make sure we stay on budget, whatever it is. Then you can also say, okay, to my internal team, let's formulate around these three customers and let's provide this emotional core benefit at the end of the process and measure for that. Let's have them take a survey and say, okay, did we achieve the main thing that you wanted us to do? And typically that's more of a logical thing, but, but behind that is this emotional satisfaction that people have right? They may not even be aware of, but that's really what they want. It's like you've heard the, uh, the old saying, you don't go to the store to buy a drill. You go to the store to get a drill because you need a hole, right? And that's the core emotional benefit is getting the right size hole, not the drill sense. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about kind of the starting with that core purpose, you as an individual, also within the company, the company's core purpose, the core values, differentiation. You know, if somebody kind of works through these components, what are the next steps or kind of where I'm going with this is, what are some ways that you can actually start to do more traditional like marketing activities to start to brand yourself in front of your audience? Or how do you utilize these things in your, your marketing to start getting that message in front of people? Yeah, well, there's some interesting things that are out there that are affordable for most businesses. And most of these things are digitally related, right? So first and foremost, everyone searches for solutions online. And that would start with paid search or SEM, right? Search engine marketing. There are many, many people who can help with that. And there are degrees of sophistication. But if you're a smaller business and you're looking to market, the first thing I would do is determine who you can work with to drive business through paid search. That's how people, you know, people spend about 3% of their time online actively searching for the products and services that they're going to contract for that they have an immediate need for right? So when those people are looking through remodelers, Colorado Springs, and you're not in that search, you're out of luck. There's other things you can do with uh, professional list services that you can pay for referrals, right? But uh, paid search would be the first thing that I would look into. And I'd get with somebody who can explain what that is and how you're going to measure that and what your cost per acquisition for leads should be. And then Whoever you're working with will be able to show you if you spend a little more, this is what should happen. If you spend a little less, this is what should happen. Social media, I think, is a challenge. Can be a lot of time with zero return. If you have someone on your staff or someone you know 
that can manage your social media with a, an acquisition mindset as opposed to just building reputation, not reputation, but really content. I'm always concerned about what's the return on the effort, not just the return on the dollar. And then, of course, there's associations to get involved with and to, to make sure you understand the industry, you're networking properly, etc. But I don't think it's about advertising the way big brands do, right? Grassroots level, finding out what's most effective for you, making sure you have visibility when people are actively searching for what you do and that you're at the top of the list on those searches is going to go a long way towards helping you succeed. Yeah, it's funny. We we started our business about a decade ago and the first few years we were just having to convince people that they use the internet to search for (laughs) remodeling and new home purchases. And obviously a lot's changed and the industry has uh, turned the corner there. And that's uh, very standard today, but it's amazing how, how fast it's changed. Um, The other thing too, just before I forget is ultimately the best thing you can do is get referrals, provide a great experience, fulfill on the promises that you made to your customers and then ask for referrals. Or make sure, at a minimum, that you're not getting bad referrals online for not completing the job on time or this, that, or the other. And that is, it's a challenging industry. There are so many things that can go wrong in remodeling and new home building. People don't realize it. And our expectations are that we have instant gratification. We can send back anything we order and get it back in 24 hours. But wait a minute, you're remodeling my kitchen? And it can't be done in a week. Well, what's up with that? That's an inconvenience to me. So it's a challenging uh, industry that we're in for customer satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. We, we live in a prime world where uh, we can't get our, our remodeling on prime timelines. So. <laughs> well, and all the uh, do-it-yourself TV programs yeah. that uh, are so deceiving in terms of the budgets they work with. And now people go to the market and find out, what? what? It's going to be $100,000? They did it for $1,500. On uh, this show I just watched, right? Yeah. Oh, man, it's brutal. Yeah, you got to overcome <laughs> a lot for sure. <laughs> what else should we know about branding? We've kind of covered a few components, but if somebody's listening to this and they're going, okay, I'm, I'm working through these things, the core values, the purpose, how important are colors, fonts, or are there other things that people should be thinking about? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm a design guy. I'm a creative guy. So all of these things are important to me. I think about every customer touch point internally with your team, that is probably most important because you may only have outside customers once, right? Even if you do a great job, you may never work with them again. But internally, getting your culture and your brand fixed in a way that is predictable and that people love it, that they want to be a part of it, there's meaning that you bring to their lives, and sustainability there. I think that's most important. But second then, as you go to market, we, we describe branding as the process of building trust, right? So how do we build trust? Well, we all do it the same way, by fulfilling on the promises that we make. So as you go to market, then just focus on the reputation that you're building over time. Who, what would people say about you over a five-year span, a 10-year span? So are you a part of the Home Builders Association? 
Are you on committees? Do people see you as reliable there? Are you networking within the community? Are you giving back to the community? Those are all core values-based activities as well. If you're doing it just to be just to market, you may succeed, but not as successfully as if it's coming from your heart and it's really who you are. But ultimately, you're building a reputation. And that's where the equity of your brand really comes into play. Ultimately, you may want to sell that business, right? And if so, man, oh man, um, equity comes into play because you could pass on a brand with new leadership and management and the public wouldn't even know, right? But if they know that you've got great reputation, then they're, they're more inclined to work with you when they're comparing. So I would say think about reputation built on trust. Yeah. How do you value brand equity? You know, you mentioned if some, somebody wants to sell, you know, how, how do you do that? Well, uh, that's a question that, that I can't answer. I think you'd have to talk to a business uh, analyst who would help you sell your business. I'm not sure how they would put a dollar figure to that. It's obviously going to be much more nuts and bolts, dollars and cents with what's in your pipeline and things like that. But there is value to it. If you have, if you're like, I think of uh, Gravina Windows here in Denver, I don't have permission to uh, reference them, so I hope it's okay. Uh, my daughter played uh, basketball with one of the Gravina girls a long time ago, but I had already heard the name from listening to Sports Talk Radio. Well, they're still on Sports Talk, and they've built a, what I would call a mom and pop local brand highly trusted brand, been in business for so long. Now the second generation is taking over the business, but they still have some quirky family kind of Gravina marketing identity that they built into that. So I would say they've built brand equity around that, that is very attractive as opposed to going to a Lowe's or uh, even an Ace Hardware or, or, you know, for some of the solutions. Maybe they're, they're not apples to apples because they're windows, doors, and things like that. But that's also what I like about Ace Hardware versus a big box retailer. I can go into Ace and I can get personal service, right? And I don't know how to do anything. So I need that. I'm, I'm not a guy that knows how to do much. So it depends on your business. But the equity part of it really is the amalgamation of experiences that you produce year over year over year to uh, the brand identity that you you want uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I agree with you. There's equity to be had and built up within a brand. I, I would imagine that it's tough to value that or it's a conversation between the buyer and the seller and whoever's you know, brokering the deal. But it's really powerful once you start to build it up. And you know, like you mentioned, you know, this uh, company in Denver, I mean, there's a handful of companies that I've been hearing on the radio for 20 years, you know, and, and I think about consistency too, is one of those pieces. Do you feel like consistency is an important part of branding or is that unrelated? Yeah, absolutely. Another key idea for branding is seek unique. First thing you want to do is figure out, okay, our purpose is this, and, but the way we do things, how do we do things uniquely? And, and once you figure out how to communicate what your uniqueness is, then you communicate that consistently. The consistency comes by doing the job right every single time, year after year, building that reputation consistently over time. And again, I can't stress enough how important it is internally 
for people to know that they can trust management, that management is committed, that reputation is important to management, and that management is living the promises they make in their own behaviors. Because we're on a pedestal and we deserve to be on a pedestal. It's very, very easy for us to misstep, misspeak. I just had a conversation today with two different people in my organization, one yesterday, one today, where I was disappointed in the way I handled the conversation. And it bothers me because I'm supposed to be better than that. Well, I'm not a spring chicken, so I'm, st- I'm, I'm still learning. And what I'm learning, what I know, what I've known for a long time is uh, if I make a mistake, then you know, I have to write that. I can't let it go uh, in order for people to continue to trust me and to believe that what I say is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Dave, if uh, people want to learn more about you or get connected with you online, what's a, a good way to do that? So uh, it's Dave Miles. Uh, it's Dave at milesbrand.com or milesbrand.com is our website where you'll see a lot of beautiful uh, strategic branding for master plan communities and home builders and developers throughout the country. And uh, a lot of award-winning work. We've won more gold nationalist awards from the National Association of Home Builders for marketing and sales excellence than any other company in the, in the industry. So we're proud of that. It's our passion. And uh, really appreciate this opportunity to, to talk about these things with you. I, I just hope it's helpful as we speak to other entrepreneurs who may be listening that this will spur some thought. And, and if it helps them in any way then you and I have done our job today. Yeah, I agree. And Dave, I appreciate you having on the sh- you, um, coming on the show, but we do have one more segment that we always do right at the end. And so uh, uh-huh. we'll, we'll jump into that. Uh, All we right. Call it, we call it the fast five. So I'll hit you with five rapid fire questions. Say whatever comes to mind. So Uh-oh. there's a couple in there that may, might make you think, but you know, nothing too scary. So you got it. <laughs> First question is, what's your favorite business book and why? Built to Last. Uh, it's the, it was a book uh, that transformed me from being embarrassed or thinking it was egotistical to build a company that, that might live on beyond me. And it's all about branding, although they don't talk about branding. It's, it's got a whole chapter on core values and why they're important. It's, uh, it, to me, it's a fundamental business book for anyone, any entrepreneur or anyone in business. Very cool. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Next question is, who is the most inspirational person in your life? Oh, the most inspirational person in my life? Probably uh, my wife. You know, she's, uh, she's very values-based, very grounded in her faith, has been my spouse and my mentor and, and uh, for 48 years and has been the epitome of a rock solid brand that doesn't vary from, from her values. Whereas, um, you know, <laughs> it's just been inspirational to be with her this long. So very That's grateful. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Very I have cool. a lot of inspirational people in my life, all of my children for sure. Yeah. It's tough to choose just one. So <laughs> yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? Hmm. One superpower. I think it would be joy, to provide joy, to help people understand that joy 
is available to them. I like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. I've, been, live I've joyously. never heard that. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard that answer before. I, I really like that. That's a pretty good superpower. Yeah, I think so. You know, bring joy to the world, right? You know? Yeah. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Competitive, persuasive, and uh, creative. Awesome. All right. Final question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Live intentionally. Start the day intentionally. Get into everything we just talked about. You know, understand who you are, what you stand for, and examine your fears. Um, don't bubble wrap your life so that you're trying to avoid pain and discomfort. Embrace it. Always go take the hard road. Go deep. Discover. And, then, and, and find the help you need. Give yourself permission in every area of your life to get coaching and pay whatever it costs because you'll grow and then you can help others do the same thing. And that's really where it's at in terms of giving back and passing it forward. All those cliches really are very, very meaningful. So I I hope we can all do that. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Dave, thanks so much for joining me today. This was great. My absolute uh, um, privilege and and, uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you, Spencer. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dave Miles. And as always, I know you're on the go at the gym. Uh, Let's talk action items. So the first one, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning when you talked about your core purpose or your purpose. And this was something that I worked through a few years back. And it was it was kind of a bear, you know, in terms of writing down ideas and thinking about, you know, what what really is my purpose and then what is my company's purpose? What's the overlap? Are they different? You know, and those types of questions. But once I got clarity on those, it seemed to make a lot of other decision uh, decisions really a lot easier to make. And so I highly, highly recommend that. And then kind of pairing that with the the core values. And really, we've talked about core values in the past on the podcast, so I won't uh, go and do a a deep rant on those. But those are so powerful from hiring to attracting clientele to everything you're putting out in your marketing on social media or in your content and on your website. So I think nailing down your core purpose and your core values uh, is a great takeaway from this episode. And then uh, the next takeaway I would say is thinking about how are you going to communicate those and both internally and externally. So Dave talked several times about your internal customers, so your team, your employees, and that is really powerful because as you communicate your purpose and your core values to them, it enables them to communicate that and express those to your clients. And so you want to make sure that everyone on your team, including yourself, you're able to live those core values, communicate those core values, and then your clients start to experience those core values. And that's how you start to develop that brand and what people associate with your brand. So again, kind of a a heavier episode as you dive in tactically and start working on this stuff, but it's super foundational and it will really help you as you move forward in your business. So hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. 
And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.